MDN TV, the podcast. Be abreast with now. Never miss a thing with MDN TV, the podcast. We love to keep you in the present with diverse goodies from secular and non-secular subjects of global interest. Join us. Grab more from these series. Listen to our podcasts. The undeniable choice. It's sundown. The day has just begun. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Yes, ha, ha. This is MDN Shows are Running With The Times, only on MDN TV, the podcast. And I am Major Daughter. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all our listeners and viewers around the world. Meet us in the comments. We are live there. Share your thoughts. Engage. Share this broadcast. Share this podcast. Tell your friends to tell their friends that this one, this particular show, I tell you, you don't want to miss it. I am I am privileged today. I feel very honored to, to be doing what I'm doing. We were built to serve. We were born to serve. And Jesus once said that if any man wants to be great, he must first serve and be a servant. And what a way and what a time to really serve today. September 11, 2001. Who can ever forget it? The moment that shocked the world and shocked the nations of the world when two planes were flown into the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center in New York City, causing both towers to collapse. My guest lived just and lives just eight miles away from the World Trade Center in New York City. She was affected by this. And I wonder, what was she doing at that time? What happened? Today, we will travel with our hearts and travel with our minds and travel without passports, without visas, without even having to jump into a plane to the scenes of what transpired there. To the scenes and um, the victims, the families of the victims, we will travel and be part and share the moments. I wonder, how did they cope? How did they deal with it? Will they ever overcome what transpired? These are all the questions that come to me right now. She went on to write a book and in the book she details everything that transpired and how she personally dealt with that tragedy, that catastrophe. She puts it in the book. She said she did this to preserve the days, those days, for the young generation. 
young family members who were not there. She she captures these real feelings and emotions behind the facts that are really shown or that were shown on the news broadcast. But even better, she joins me momentarily. She joins me. We have an opportunity to experience and encounter what they experienced, what, what they encountered, how it felt like. I, I cannot even imagine it. She put this together in a book. She joins me momentarily. MDN TV, the podcast. Be abreast with now. Never miss a thing with MDN TV, the podcast. We love to keep you in the present with diverse goodies from secular and non-secular subjects of global interest. Join us. Grab more from these series. Listen to our podcasts. The undeniable choice. Well, the undeniable choice for today is Pat Shola. And I'm excited. I'm I'm privileged. I'm honored. I, I'm all things. I'm everything today. Pat has done so much. She retires. After retirement, she discovers that, oh, I have a, a writing gift. I can write. And then she started writing. She's everything that you can think of right now that is good. She's a, she's a bundle of inspiration, especially for those who feel like, once you're old, you can forget about it. You can't, there's, there's no hope for you. There's hope. For the living, there's hope. For the living, there's hope. There's hope. If you're living, there's hope for you. And I always say a living dog is better than a dead lion. She just proves me right. She's a, she's a testimony that you can do anything with your life anytime. Whenever you're ready to do it. She puts her heart at the end of a pen. That's remarkable. She joins me now, and I want her, I want her to take us through. Where was she? When, this, when the terrorists attacked the World Trade Center, where was she? What was she doing? What happened? How did she feel like? How did she cope? How did she, why did she even put this in a book? What are they saying to the, the young ones who were not there? She lived or lives eight miles, just eight miles away from the World Trade Center. Well, thanks a gazillion times, Pat, for saying yes for your time, and for sharing your story with the world. Please take this moment to greet our global viewers and listeners. Pat? Thank you so much for having me. And it's so nice to meet you. And thank you for wanting to hear my story, I guess, as to what was happening. Uh, September 11th, 2001 was just a beautiful, beautiful September morning. 
Um, I was sitting here having a cup of coffee with the news on, and I was reading the paper. All of a sudden, the news broke through to say that a plane had flown into the World Trade Center. So that definitely got my attention. And I think all of us thought that perhaps it was a tragic, a small plane maybe had flown into the building. But once they were able to televise it and we saw that it was an actual airliner with passengers on it just flying into the building, it, it just, it blew our minds. It was just, it's almost too much to comprehend. And again, it was like a, a tragedy. It was when the second plane went into the towers, the other tower, I think we knew something was happening. This was an attack. This was not, this was deliberate. And the fact that this was happening in New York City, eight miles away from where I live, and it's on American soil, it's like, what? You know, and then as the day went on and the news was showing the horror of what was happening, uh, it was just disbelief. Um, my partner was out playing golf because, as I said, it was a gorgeous day. I was home here alone. Uh, all of a sudden, our neighbors, we started to meet outside going, wait, what? You know, did, do you see what I'm seeing? Uh, later that evening, there's a location here that's less than a mile away from our home. It's the Eagle Rock Reservation where we have an unobstructed view of New York City. And, you know, the Twin Towers was part of our skyline. We, when my, my partner came home, our first thought was to go there to see what we could see. It was mobbed, it was packed. Everybody local knew to go there. And all we could see was smoke where the towers were. It, it, it was, awful. People gathered uh, just to see what was going on. What happened to get to the, the, the writing part is as things were happening up in the news, I started to write it down and it was coming out in poetic form. Yes. I think what was happening, this is my way of processing what I'm seeing because I, I really can't believe it. Uh, as the days went on, as things would, would get to me, I would write it. It turned out after a while that my, my partner looked at it and said, you know, we got to do something with these because, you know, the history writes the facts, which I did, but it put the feelings behind it. Uh, my youngest niece, was pregnant at the time. This was September 11th. And her daughter was born November 11th. Mm. And it, it just dawned on us that, you know, our youngest nieces and nephews, they're not gonna understand because they're too little, you know, to get what was going on. Yes. Uh, so eventually we did print it, but it was really kind of like for the family like we went to a local printer and had it done. But it wasn't actually until the 10th anniversary that we went to a publisher and just put it out there. 
Wow. And what did you say you were doing exactly when this transpired? And did you suspect anything was happening or you just thought, well, it, like you said, it's a small plane, maybe it was an accident? Yeah, it became apparent, as I said, after the second plane hit and uh, the news that was coming across, it, it became well known that this was an attack. This was not an accident. And what was your initial reaction when you now uh, noticed that this is an attack? This is a terrorist attack. It was horror. It was disbelief. Um, I think what hit us the first, though, was when they showed people running from the street, when you saw the smoke, when you saw people running away screaming, covered in ash. It, it was almost like watching a horror movie, to be honest. You know, your mind just can't comprehend that, wait, this is really happening here, now. Wow. And I'm thinking, how did it affect the rest of your day? After seeing all this and seeing, having the pictures of these people were running full of ashes and what was really going on, what happens to well, the rest of your day with a pregnant niece or daughter? Pet? It was my niece that was pregnant and her, her baby was born 11 but the rest of the day, as I said, our neighbors met in the street. We were talking. When my partner came home, we, we got in the car and we went over to the reservation. Uh, you know, and it, it's funny because everybody we knew was there, but people we didn't know, it was like there were no strangers there. Wow. It was like everybody was a friend going through the same comment. Sometimes it was dead silent because nobody knew what to say. But I, I would like to add that this location has become a monument. It's the Eagle Rock Reservation in West Orange, and it's, it's outstanding. Because as I said, it's unobstructed view from here to New York City. Yes. It's just outstanding. Now, did you know anyone who died there or no affected no. or how I didn't personally know anybody but as a as an American as a human as a just as a human being yes I, I did learn later months later if you spoke to someone that people I knew lost people wow hmm. tell us if you knew anyone who helped during that tragedy in emergency please explain how the country responded i mean how did america respond to this you know in a way it's kind of ironic because as i alluded to earlier every stranger became a friend yeah it was a common tragedy we were all going through it whether we knew someone personally or not 
We knew at that point that our lives were changed forever. The security we once felt is gone because it happened then, it could happen again. That security is gone. But it was the way people came together and helped each other, which I, I found very heartwarming, to be honest. And, you know, as I was saying about it becoming a monument, every September 11th for the last 21 years, there's been a ceremony there. And everybody that comes is brought back to that time and it's become like a community. It's not going to be forgotten. It never was. Um, our county exec, Joseph DiVincenzo, when he went to see it, he saw that people gathered there, but they, they put pictures on the wall going, have you seen? They were looking for loved ones. They put the flags up there. People wrote poems and stuck it to the wall. It was just, I'm kind of getting goosebumps now going back on it because it was just, it was just heartwarming. But as of right now, every person's name is listed on a wall there. Yes. And the first poem that I wrote, I have to say I'm honored, is on a plaque at that memorial. And that, that's the biggest honor of my life. Do you want to give us some verses from that poem? Do you want to share the poem? No, you didn't. I would. I don't have it in front of me, though. I, I wasn't prepared with that. Okay, we'll give you a chance to do that in the end. Okay. Um, before the show ends, we'll give you a chance to do that. Okay, thank you. Yes, definitely. We need to hear what you had to say. How do these events of 911 affect you today? That's a that's a great question. The sense of security that we used to have, as I said, is not the same anymore. We have grown back stronger. We, we truly have. But it just shows that, I guess, the vulnerability. Um, if I could add something now that I meant to say, but it's not too late. Uh, you had asked if I knew anyone personally that passed away, and I did not. But my, my, my niece's husband, my nephew, was a firefighter in Cranford, New Jersey. He is since the battalion chief there. But as a firefighter, what he experienced and shared with me moved me forever. Because you know how they're a band of brothers. Yes. And this was just, this. it ripped them all up to know what was going on over there. Because all the firemen, the policemen, the first responders, they were dying, you know? And... Like he said, I'm losing my brothers, whether he knew them or not. And I did end up writing a poem that's in the book, The Sound of the Beepers. And that poem has been placed in many, many fire departments just, just to show the feeling there. So that connection with my nephew, Andy, and what he was feeling and he conveyed to me, I wrote that poem for mm. all firefighters, I guess. 
what a traumatic experience. Did you see change in the country after this happened? Please explain. Like I said, I'm not quite sure how to answer that. You know, I just think we're more aware. I yes. think we value life, you know, because yes. it can be taken away in an instant. We know that. And I, as a country, we are very strong. Now, you, you later, um, this was after your retirement and big ups to you, you know, put this together in a book. How did you get started on that book? And um, what, what inspired the book? Bringing you the good news all day long. You, you, you were tuned in to the hottest station on the planet. On the planet. Keep it locked. Um, you, you know, later on, you know, put this together in a book you wrote about the 911 tragedy. Yes. And um, yes. this is after your retirement, of course, of 31, after you have served 34 years, and then you put this together in a book to preserve, in order to preserve the days for the young generation, the, the young family members. My question is, what inspired that move? One, two, how did you get started? Well, as I said, as things were happening on the news or what I read in the newspaper or saw, I was writing one or two poems a day of different things that had happened. Uh, and it was all dated, so it was like chronological. And after a couple of months, I had a lot of pages. And then, you know, there was really nothing else at that point I could say because it was just like ongoing. So as I said, my partner Marie and I, we we said, you know what, let's put this in a book and we'll save it for the kids for when they grow up, which we did. Um, and I shared it with my family and friends, but as I said, it was with a local printer. It wasn't until the 10th anniversary that we decided, you know what, it's about time. Why don't we try and put it out there for everybody else to see because Nobody should forget what happened. They should not forget the facts and they should not forget the feelings. So that's how we decided to put the book together and then have it published. Yes. And do you ever know or would you ever know why the terrorists attacked the World Trade Center? Do you know why the event took place? Do you know why the attack took place? Would you ever know or you know why the event took place, the attack, the terrorist attack? Pat? No, I, I truthfully have no, I have no idea. But I, if, I'm, if I'm thinking back, I think they tried once before in 1993 or something. Because I know there was a bomb in the parking garage. Yes. But as to why, I I cannot personally fathom 
that kind of hate that you would choose to harm so many innocent people that are just going to work. I, I still can't wrap my mind around that. So I, I truly don't know how to answer that question. And you were just having coffee then. What was it like days after? Did you have to answer children's questions we are asking about 911 or neighbors or people? How did you respond now to neighbors, children, even to this day? How do you respond to those who ask about 911? Pat? I'm not sure that they've asked me specifically. You know, I mean, we all share what we were doing that day. That's kind of how it went. Um, that, that's really, every, everybody knows what they were doing at that, that point. That's kind of how the conversations go. Yes. But like I said, as into why, none of us can fathom that at all. Mm. Wow, that's heavy. It's that's very heavy. heavy. Yes. Let's talk about your writing journey. You only start writing after retirement. I mean. Yes. So it's actually true that you never really retire until, you know, the <laughs> final day. Because, I, I mean, <laughs> here you are. Yes. After, you are supposed to be rest. Look, even now, you are here with me. We are having this wonderful, wonderful conversation. And I'm so honored. I want you to know that, that I'm so blessed to be talking to you. And you decide that I'm just going to start writing. And you go ahead. You didn't write one book, not two. You wrote three. <laughs> How did that come about? Tell us about your, 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 your writing journey. Pat? Well, as I said, I started journaling with different things that happened. Uh, like when I go on vacation, I would just like journal what, what happened. Uh, but actually in 1997, after someone close to me passed away, I started journaling in a different way. And then all of a sudden, I swear, it just started coming out in poetic form. I can't tell you, I know where I was when it started, Yes, but I, I can't remember how uh, that it started coming out in poetic form and different things that were happening around me would just affect my heart. Wow. And so I would write it down. And the next thing you know, I have hundreds of them for all different scenarios, like the book Reflections on Life. It covers just about everything. And granted, not everything happened to me personally, but I'm I'm very empathetic so that my group of friends that I work with, that that I've grown with, all had different situations. It was from death to life to suicide to graduation to birth of kids. They just prompted these poems, and the next thing I know, I have a lot. And again, we decided that well, let's put it out there and see if it helps. And, you know, it, it went so well with family and friends yeah. that, you know, we decided to do that again uh, through a publisher. 
Wow. It just, it just kind of happened. I kind of can't explain it. (laughs) You are such a bundle of inspiration. I must really emphasize on that one. You say you you put, yes, you say you put, um, you put your heart at the end of your pen. Do you care to explain what you mean? I mean, so many are listening now and are watching. They're probably thinking, <laughs> you put, we know of skillful writers and who, <laughs> you know, but you put your heart at the end of your pen. At? Well, that actually, that phrase came from my niece, wow. my oldest niece, Deb. Uh, she was reading through the book. And she just said to me at one point, she said, Aunt Pat, you put your heart at the end of your pen. And I'm like, ooh, I like that. But also some of the other, you know, my nieces and nephews and their kids, uh, they like to call me dial-a-poem because if they need a special poem for something, they'll call me and ask me to write it. Because not, see, homework doesn't cover everything, right? The homework cards. (laughs) So... I kind of like that a lot. That's so sweet. Yeah. I want to put you on the spot. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I want to put you on the spot. <laughs> Bringing you the good news all day long. You, you, you were tuned in to the hottest station on the planet. On the planet. <laughs> Keep it locked. It would be an error to let you go without putting you on the spot. A four lines poem about the listeners and um, viewers of MDN TV, the podcast or MDN shows, anyone. What can you say about us as in a poem? Or even well, me. Oh, that's putting me on. That's putting me on. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> or even it, it, doesn't me. Quite, it doesn't quite work that way. I could hang up, walk in the <laughs> room, all of a sudden, like, <laughs> right now okay. it's like blank. <laughs> oh, it doesn't Sorry. work out quite that way. So, meaning you. Know. <laughs> yeah. I wish. I, I hope I didn't disappoint, but no. No, you didn't at all. Not at all. So, uh, we are almost at the tail end of this show. Thanks a gazillion times for staying on and those who are just joining us now. Look, we are having a hot, hot, hot conversation and um, teachable moments, really. On um, We just traveled to the 911 World Trade Center terrorist attack scenes with um, Pat. She lived just uh, eight miles away from the World Trade Center in New York City. So she has been just taking us through on how she coped and dealt with whatever happened that day. So you may have to start the show from scratch to really understand and follow on, but you're not late, better late than never. Pat, coming back to you, um, 
how how can our listeners get hold of you, find out more about you? The the conversation doesn't have to end with the show. The show is coming to an end, but the conversation doesn't have to. Ed. Well, I have a web a web page, uh, patriciasholler.com, uh, that they could look. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, like if they wanted to get in touch with me? Yes. So where can I, they get I, your book and your books? Where can they get My books book? are available if you go on Amazon. Yes. All three books are there. Uh, Barnes and Noble. Um, it's on the uh, e-readers. If you just, if you Google my name, it, it'll the books will come up and as to where to buy them. But the easiest, I believe, is on Amazon. Yes. And we'll make sure that the links are available in the description. And if you need anything and it's not there, just simply ask for it and it shall be provided for you or to you. What do you think are some of the mistakes, the biggest mistakes that young writers are making today? I I don't know. I consider myself a young writer too. I'm kind of like new at this myself. <laughs> so. You are so humble. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, what will be your last words? Thank you so much, Thomas. Thanks, Akazuna. Thank you for having me on your show. You're a delight to talk with. And I think, like you said in the beginning, we're never too old to start anything. We just never know. So kind of go for it. If there's something you want to do, go for it. Because life is just too short. Hmm. (laughs) We're never too old. You're never too old. You can never be too old. Thanks for Gazillion Times. Pat Shola. Check it out again. Check her website. Get her books from Amazon. All the links in the description and the website available in the description. Make sure that you do something about what you have heard here today. That website again is patriciashola.com. Let me take that again. The website is patriciashola.com and all the books are available on Amazon. Get get them and read. Do something about it, really. Now, Patricia, thank you so much, so, so, so much. Thank you so much for everything. This is a delight talking with you, really. Yes, yes. It is a delight talking to you too. That is it. Thanks to Gazillion Times once again. Pat Shola. Thanks to Gazillion. Thanks a million times. <laughs> to all our Thank you. Yes, to all our listeners, boys and girls, brothers and sisters. Well done. MDN Talk Radio. The mic swings to you at MDN Talk Radio. The conversation is upbeat with life-enhancing chats moderated by personalities that matter. Exclusive conversations to keep our radio community interactive is with you now. Log on from the comfort of your couch or take us along in your palm as you go. Hear us. The undeniable choice.